0: You are listening to the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please be sure to show your support and follow us on our other social media platforms. Check out the links listed in the description of this episode to find out more. Thank you. I really love that she was given this, like, really high station. I reckon Leviathan was like, I saw what you did for some good dick, and I appreciate that. Um, But I also saw how you got f***ed over by the good dick. So, how about... You come work for me, you can put people in a fabulous wardrobe, <laughs> and my dick monsters will turn them into angels slash demons. That is the intro soundbite right there. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome back to the There Queer Podcast, the podcast where two homos called Liam take a deep dive into the world of horror, play with things that they shouldn't play with, yeah. and get whipped and chained into a pleasurable yet sadomasochistic experience. Yeah, We
1: say welcome back because, yeah, we might have had a month off.
0: Yeah! I'm back. <laughs> yeah, um, life got in the way, and yeah. we got very busy. So yes, I know that you've all missed us. Obviously, well, I you have, anyway.
1: I mean, my inbox has just been flooded with with messages just of sad people. So yeah, I've had
0: them in from the flat. Do um, <laughs> you know when well, there was that giant queue for the Queen when she died? Um, it was that in Derby. It was going all Did around the... philip Phillips Gofield range. and
1: Holly Willoughby just, just come on in whenever they wanted to?
0: No, because there's no young boys here.
1: Oh. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Incredible. Um, but yes, yes,
0: we'll be looking at special boxes today. Um... <laughs> I'm trying to find a tenu, segue. This way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And <laughs> we will be looking at the Hellraiser franchise as a whole. Um, there are a few films that we won't really discuss or go into um, <laughs> purely because this is one of those series where it has quite a lot of entries but little substance to it. Um,
1: yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting one. This is going to be an interesting episode because I know you've you've wanted to do this series for a while, and I know that you um, really, really, like, love it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know, uh, of course, Kirsty's one of your favourite women of horror. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's a controversial one. I think it's... I don't know. I think it's a a, a weird series, film series. Um, Uh, But there's promise, I I think. with There uh, is. Um,
0: Especially with the latest entry. Um, Mm, For sure. I um, love this series a lot because Clive Barker is one of my personal heroes purely as from a writing point of view um well I'll I'll go into a little bit more about that later about some things we we don't share or I don't know but anyway mm. I'll I'll go in, I'll go into any of that but yeah Clive Barker remains one of my personal heroes I've got a colleague at work and we both talk a lot about hellraiser and clive barker in general because they're also a huge fan this is one of those series where like we've spoken about traditionally um in the podcast is where it was a trip to blockbuster that got me into (laughs) got got me into it because pinhead is always or the Hell priest or whatever you want to call him uh is always front and central on the covers Mm -hmm. and it was actually the fourth film I want to say? It's either the fourth or the third film where it's like green and red lighting. Yes, I
1: was gonna say yes. Number number four. I yeah, I recognise that image. That used to
0: scare me a lot as a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, I watched the fourth one before any of the others and I thought, oh, this is weird. I so then went back and found the others. I think when I first watched them, the second one was the one that was blew me away more than the others. But since mm. then, the first one, well, the first two have become solidified as probably two of my favourite horror films of all time. Just crazy, beautiful, weird genius, I mm. think. Um, mm. Something that At the time was kind of unheard of in horror we had um this was released at the like the peak of the 80s slasher craze and clive barker was because clive barker wrote and directed the first the first movie and was kind of like i don't want to do the formulaic thing of casting 12 unknown actors Mm. uh attractive teenagers to get bumped off he was like i want to hire Quote unquote, real actors. Mm. Uh, Thespians. Yes.
1: (laughs) Get the Thespians involved. I mean, I'll I'll say for, I kind of got into Hellraiser again. It was, it was really late. It was actually in uni. Like, it was always one of those franchises that I knew about, but I kind of watched The Nightmare on Elm Streets. I watched The Halloween's Friday the 13th. And Hellraiser was always one that I never really watched. And then, um, one of my lectures actually at, at uni is, is, Quite a close friend, uh, or has collaborated with Clive Barker in the past. Oh, um, he actually did the like, like the kind of new cut of Nightbreed, uh, where they, like, <gasps> wait, they got wait, 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 the,
0: wait, I know the, the, about the, this. They were the, the ones, they the, were the Cabell cut. They found, Yeah, they found yeah. all that like lost footage. Yeah, so it and was that was, a was a your of, lecturer.
1: It was my lecturer Russell. Oh, yeah, my so God.
0: I f-ing love Nightbreed so much.
1: Yeah, that that was pretty special. I mean, we we got to. I, I'm just. This is going to be just name drop city at the moment. But we went to Keswick Film Festival, which uh, John Hurt was a patron of while he was still alive, and we got to watch the Cabell cut with John Hurt oh for like. My and it was gosh. one of the first screenings in the UK, and it was it was absolutely ace. Um, the I think. <sighs> I, I don't know. I do think Clive Barker's work and worlds is a, like a, is its own thing, which I think yeah. is very unique and and great. Um, but I actually watched Hellraiser for the first time because because Russell had this connection to to Clive. He then mm-hmm. w- um, was able to get Doug Bradley to come in to to uni, and I absolutely no. hate myself for the fact that I I was really ill that day.
0: I can't go out. <clears throat> I'm sick.
1: Oh and was God. not able to go in, and I I can remember I got the box set, because I wanted to get the box set signed and stuff, uh-huh. and I wanted to watch it, and I only ever watched the first film, and then like I said, I missed out on the meeting. It was it was a pretty pretty big deal. Like I, I didn't actually realise like how many people absolutely love Hellraiser. Yeah, um, and I, I've oh. got to
0: respect that. I, I do think
1: it's it's yeah. it's
0: rather iconic. I'm not saying that Clive Barker is the reason why it's so successful because you know there were a lot lot more hands that crafted. Mm. the world of Hellraiser, Hellraiser, sorry. But um, just Clive's body of work Mm. is absolutely phenomenal. So I'm currently reading the... So uh, for all those who don't know, Hellraiser, um, the original film, was based on a short novella by Clive Barker called The Hellbound Heart. Um, In 2015, he released a sequel to it called The Scarlet Gospels, uh, of which... Uh, his long-time um, character that he's used in various work, Harry Demore, um, gets to go head to head against Pinhead or the Hell Priest, as Clive prefers him to be referred to. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I'm—it's one of those books where it's the last book of the year that I'm reading. I'm really taking my time with it. I've hit my Good goals of. 52 books so one week a year incredible um, one, I know that was the thing a you wanted to do
1: this year so yeah, yeah
0: well done so this is the so now I've done that this is the book that I'm going to finish on this will be the 53rd book and I'm taking my time with it but I'm also, I'm also taking my time with it because it's, it's it's a hard read <laughs> it's, oh okay fair yeah, enough it's, it's some bits have been a bit of a chore but some bits have been great but yeah so um, this world has been expanded on many many times it's been expanded on through novels Mm -hmm. through comics various comic iterations actually as we said before there's been sequels galore of wavering quality
1: I I think that's being very polite but yes I think uh... the
0: the one constant I feel like the reason why these films ended up being so successful and I don't mean to say it is all on one person, but the reason why it continued is I believe that Doug Bradley's performance as Pinhead goes mm. down as one of the greats. Like, like everyone thinks of, you know, Robert England as Freddy. Absolutely, um, yeah. And then, to some extent, I always... If I think of Jason, I automatically think of Kane Hodder before I think of anyone else. I yeah. think that's because he was my favourite Jason. Um, but for me, Doug Bradley's like with one and it's a mixture of his incredible personification of the character but his line delivery is like no other you solved the box we came now you must come with us taste our pleasures please. oh no tears please it's a waste of good suffering.
1: Yeah, it's it's rather haunting, isn't it? When when uh, Pinhead speaks. Yeah, I, I do think the success and at, at least the loyalty of fans is is heavily down to to Doug Bradley because even the other Cenobites, there's been a bit of a shuffle round, hasn't yes. there? Like with who's playing who. Uh, we still have the iconic kind of figures, but. I don't know. It, 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 he, like you said he's been front and center from the start really, hasn't yes. he? And it's because of that striking that striking image. I'm I'm not familiar at all with the literature behind the yeah. the the films. And I, I will obviously be 100% honest, I'm not really familiar with the the film series. I've only really watched up to 3 and then of course the new reimagining yeah. um that that we got this year. Um so the literature that that kind of came before this I know this was obviously something that was referenced quite a bit when we got the re- recasting of Pinhead in the, yeah. in the new film. Is, is there a leap between the book and the, the film in terms of how uh, Pinhead is depicted, uh, or do you think it's quite accurate?
0: Yeah, and, and yes and no in some ways. So in the book, um, they have like bejeweled pins in the head. So each, each nail... Or pen has like a bejewel, like like has a little jewel at the end of it. Um, okay. Which they the more recent one, you kind of see that they look like little Absolutely. pearls at the end of it. And you, yeah. Um, but they are described as being quite androgynous um, beings, where mm-hmm. they're they're of an indeterminate uh, gender, uh, but also th- like that because they f- present feminine, but there's also like a masculine quality to them. So whereas Doug Bradley's depiction is—I don't think you could read them as anything other than the male. Um, but mm. what I liked about it is the designs that were in the film were actually uh, Clive Barker de- described them. Um, so he really he got the um, the design like inspiration from S and M clubs in New mm. York and Amsterdam, and he said he was influenced by like the punk movement, by Catholicism, because pinheads gang are the order of the gash what um whichever <laughs> gash you want to um <laughs> i suppose that's the fun part about that but they're also he's like so pinhead clive barker hates that term that fans affectionately ended up coming up with but um clive barker always wanted to be the hell priest and saw them as this like order of like like f- up satanic order but then jane wild goose who was the costume designer had a big integral part of how they look because clive turned around and was like i'm just going to tell you i want um them to look like repulsive glamour Mm. and repulsive glamour is so spot on for them but yeah Yeah. it's um but looking at them you like i always love like the (laughs) dude bros who are like i (laughs) love the hell franchise and then when jamie was cast as like the new hell priest and they were all just like Oh, f*ing woke agenda strikes again! It's like this series, regardless of like the future iterations, it was mm. birthed of a queer creator. Yeah, everything about it is completely it's... and utterly cool. like, all of Clive's work. I will argue is queer, especially Absolutely. especially Nightbreed, but that will hopefully be a future <laughs> episode. Um, yeah, but, like the the whole idea of sexual liberation. Uh, searching for that something that is forbidden. Seems that seems unattainable. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah it's, I, it's, I think
1: that I've always found something really hauntingly beautiful about these these films. And I I will say there's something about these films that really gets under my skin, like no other type of film. It's like I've I I, I don't know. I mean, I I do think makeup effects and the gore and kind of the visceral images that they they conjure up in these these movies is very much at the forefront as well like it is a roller coaster ride of just like wincing moments yeah but there's always it is kind of done with this lens of like oh it shouldn't look beautiful but it does and I mean I suppose that's kind of the the whole concept isn't it but I, I don't know why. I've seen like obviously the likes of Evil Dead and I've seen other films yeah. from like the eighties and nineties where they had gore effects, but there's just something really like I don't know what how to describe it other than like chunky, if that makes no, sense. There's I, something I, like I it, yeah. chunky
0: and gross about these movies. So when I when I wrote um Sticks and Stones, it was this mm. movie and uh Brain Dead that mm. were when I was trying to think of like depictions and descriptions of body horror. Mm. It was these that informed it, because I was like, these, they're the two films where I'm always like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know what it is, because it's like, I see, like, Saw, or, like, the Saw films these days and, and stuff, and, like, they're gross, and you do have yeah. a similar sort of, like, edge to them like these. Like, obviously, you've got, like, the Angel Trap, for example. That seems like something that could be in a Hellraiser yeah. movie, but it's just, it's just not got that like uh I don't know, just uncomfortable factor about it that these films have. Um which the makeup effects. I've got in to refer- the yeah.
0: first film I mean, and the second still blow me away to this day. The whole the bit mm-hmm. where Frank returns from the grave and you see that like beautiful, like quite a I mean it goes like it's a lengthy sequence, but like the whole sequence of like all the like gore going back onto the skeleton and uh, mm, and then uh, mm. the bits—just how drippy they, <laughs> when, yeah. There's just when so all much goo and they're just like <laughs> so, <laughs> so drippy, and then like they leave like because uh, like, there's residue dry, everywhere. <laughs> there is the whole hallway smells like cum, especially when they're like wiping their fingers on each other's mouths, and it's just. No. Yeah, but I mean I, that's the whole thing. You said <laughs> you said something I want to pick on, you said hauntingly beautiful, and that's how I mm. probably described the first one because I think the first movie, as much as it's like a horror film, and mm. it's it's a it's a really fed up love story, oh. like at the centre yeah. of it, it's yeah. um the amazing Claire Higgins as Julia I mean,
1: we'd need a whole yeah. section about I her. Mean,
0: <laughs> if there's anyone in the world who has like a free card to say factor. Claire Higgins <laughs> deserves it. She, her like she's inc- just incredible. I remember. So the first time I saw Claire Higgins in anything was uh, the Worst Witch. Yeah. Um, you still have run the Worst Witch, and then I believe she was in Yeah, she was in Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's I, in Ready Player One as well, which I didn't realise. Yeah. She's one of the random people in the caravans. She's just I, yeah, she's so inc- such an incredible performance. Especially as Julia, because there's that, like, quiet, sinisterness to her. Unlike, like, all the slasher films that were coming out at the time, the antagonist was somebody who was just killing almost for fun, yeah. whereas she wasn't brutalising these people for anything but love. And I mean, to be fair, Frank, how could you not? Oh, God, he's so fine. <laughs> but that's another thing that these films do well, casting and cast men. Casting hot men.
1: Casting oh, hot men. Frank, I Frank, oh. does it? <laughs> we'll get onto Frank uh very soon, I promise. We'll get into uh, I mean it will get under Frank uh very soon. Yeah. Um I, I I I obviously we said this was kind of when it came out it was at the golden age of of slashers, but it was also I think where slashers were starting to wane off and people yeah. were getting tired. There's there is a part of me that does classify this first one, maybe especially as a slasher to some degree, and I do think it is through Julia. Um yeah. but like you said, it was it was different in the fact that yeah it was a female antagonist and the motivations for it weren't sexual frustration or mummy issues or i don't know some supernatural kind of thing Revenge that was going curse, on with her so that, yeah yeah, reven- yeah exactly it was yeah that she was just in love and it was forbidden love and then uh-huh. The whole thing is about for, forbid- I mean, it, it's very, very clever. Like, there's layers of, of like nuance and, and stuff through, Absolutely. especially that first film. Um, I do have thoughts on the second and from what I've seen of the third. Um, and then of course, I, I can't speak for the, the latter, uh, <laughs> films. I've seen like a montage on YouTube of like the best moments of, of kind of each one, but, um, I don't know. I think the first one is, is is maybe where it's that for me story-wise um because i think it does stand up like so strong and i think it's unique as well that we had not only a queer creator obviously behind it but also the person who conceptualized the whole thing actually then going on to direct it i think yeah it's quite unique it's it not was a,
0: yeah it was clive's directorial uh debut um mm. before had done work on stage like their first Foray into film. What's really funny about it though is Roger Ebert <laughs> hated it and he said about Clive Barker, that like, I have seen the future of implausible plotting and his name is Clive Barker. This is a movie <laughs> without wit, style, or reason. Who goes to see movies like this? Like, shut up, you pretentious person. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> like, Absolutely. What does I, he know? I, I can't Because I, I think, to be fair, I think apart from. The final shot. I think this is a great story. I don't like the bit where that like random skeleton dragon comes and is like, <laughs> like
1: I mean that's just a meme, isn't it now? Like, it's- that's that's weird.
0: That's suspicious. That's weird. Like that's and it doesn't kinda of go anywhere.
1: I don't know, I know that you obviously you do have a like love for these films, but do you not kind of feel like they're all a little bit like that, like especially I don't know if it's just the editing or if it is maybe uh, th- this is where I'm interested to see if it's if if there's a lot of stuff that's answered in the literature as opposed to the films to because be
0: fair, I feel like there's gaps a, the literature like is it's a novella it's very very short i believe yeah. it's only 97 pages let me just confirm that
1: that's kind of insane though isn't it to think that something so short could birth like an entire franchise and yeah but, horror but he's, icon. he's
0: done it before like the Candyman series comes out mm. of a clive barker short of the forbidden and his books of blood i do like Candyman. oh yeah i i love to be honest most things that's been adapted from his work um i really enjoy
1: Uh, did you prefer because i felt the transition between the first film and the second film was very akin to me to the evil dead films like obviously it was very apparent evil dead was done like on a budget a shoestring budget then evil dead 2 they got a budget so they essentially told a very similar story and i do think hellraiser well hellbound hellraiser 2 does i mean it, it came out a year later it did very much tread a lot of familiar territory it, it expanded did. upon the universe obviously a lot uh, because we got the introduction of like the leviathan and the the labyrinth and, and everything which was which was great and that great sound
0: effect that <laughs> uh, the doctor makes <laughs> <laughs>
1: Insert sound effect here. Yeah, I...
0: <laughs> the, the second one uh, was 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 different. <laughs> it was. I mean, I... Part of it, like, there's bits of the second one that I can't... Like, I hate when you find out that they were all human and... Yeah, that blah, was blah, just... Like, and I, 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 to this day, I'm like, I kind of like it and I kind of don't because when you realise, like, the chatterer was a child, like, that's so f***ed up and... Yeah. Or, like is good especially when you find when you realize that they can't remember that they were human they thought that they've always been these like eternal beings
1: yeah i mean it's an interesting it's an interesting idea but i i think it's with anything if you it's the same is why the killers wear masks in in those slasher films like when once you reveal the humanity yeah it kind of takes the scariness away a little bit
0: yeah and i think because so the first film clive was heavily involved definitely feel like you can you can tell with that because it does feel like this self-contained world self-contained story doesn't feel like it's like to me it felt like it wouldn't need expanding on um mm. if you just watch the first film because you're like oh it, to be to be fair it explains a lot and not a mm. not like a great deal of time and i really love that the most time that we do spend is with julie like we spend more time with julia than we do Kirsty, or or Frank, or with the Cenobites themselves. Um, mm. I really do believe that the first two stories, the franchise star, should have been Julia. I love Absolutely. the idea of, of her still being around and still coming back. Uh, that'd be great. I was really hoping we would get like a Claire Higgins cameo in the in the latest one because I, I think that would that. have. I would have loved everything about that. Um, there is
1: no reason why I don't think she couldn't have been the lady who worked for. Uh, the main guy, like, you know, sneaking out the box and stuff. I think um, that would have been a similar kind of uh, vibe for her. Um, Yeah, I definitely... I think it would have been interesting to have had, like, the antagonist at the forefront as opposed to... Yeah. Uh,
0: I do like Kirsty. I do. I like Kirsty because she's smart. I like. That's why I like Kirsty. She's so... She's so smart, and I feel like all the actions that she takes... In these films, are you would in that moment? I you would that in that moment. She, like right, she, yeah. she seems such a natural character. She doesn't seem like she's adhering to any sort of stock or archetype. She everything's believable with her, and I always feel like she's like she's so, bless her. She's so like pure of heart because she does. We we all know without even like even if we didn't see her like noshing off a skin monster, like, <laughs> You're, you can tell that Julia's like a pure, cold-hearted bitch. B I
1: C T H
0: in that order. Um, yeah. And even with that, Kirsty still tries with her. At least she still. Yeah. Like, she's still like. Oh, I suppose I'll say, oh, you know, I'm. I'm really trying. Yeah. I mean, do those characters
1: do they feature in the book then? Um, uh, so or is is that is is the Hellraiser uh,
0: first film just a story that features in that universe? So um yeah Julia and Kirsty and Frank but fr- oh God so it's so it's Frank and Rory are in it but yeah they they all appear in it Kirsty's still like the the main bit and it does yeah it it's it features it it's near enough like the same story but okay. very condensed like mm. um, it doesn't go much into it. The reason why Frank comes back you find out is um it's blood and semen. Um, that Frank had left on the floor, so <laughs> so when Frank comes back, um, <laughs> he literally he just... comes back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so the reason why Frank's back is because um, the cut that he gets ends up landing on the floor, a spot where a spot of dried Frank semen is from his affair with Julia, and that's why he comes back. Oh. And I feel like that was alluded to, but I feel like because it was, I feel like it was only alluded to when do you know when it was just that clear whitish clear puddle yeah um, that he comes back in that was very seminal um yeah <laughs> yeah so, so i feel like the thing is though i feel like the hellbound heart the book is a lot more sexual than any of the entries into this i mean sex does mm. play a huge part in it yeah. especially like because frank in the first film is this like lothario f- boy wants to experience the biggest pleasures in the world and that's what gets him f***ed over because because somebody's like, oh, this box will give you the best orgasm of your life and he's like, yeah, I want that. <laughs> f- his brother's wife and all that, you know. And then Julia and Frank have, like, a very...
1: I just feel like, surely
0: scene. Julia would just have got with
1: Frank. Like, why? why did she marry Larry?
0: <laughs> because
1: they don't even remotely look the same. They've not even got, like... A similar vibe. No,
0: no. It, it's
1: not even giving what Charles said it was supposed to give. <laughs> Do you know Larry what I like, mean? Larry's is very just
0: shallow so shallow. End of the gene pool, wasn't yeah. he? <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's him. probably nice. He's probably but... lovely. Yeah, but
1: I just came back from the date and they told me you're still not that girl.
0: <laughs> not my cup of tea. Whereas no. Frank. God, no! it, but I think I think <laughs> I think it's because Frank can't be tied down. It doesn't explain a lot, but I think Frank just left. Yeah. He just smashed and dashed. Smashed um, and dashed. <laughs> yeah, I'd have picked Frank any day of the week. Um, what's really funny is if you watch it uh, and notice the really... There's always something off with Frank when he's talking, and that's because the actor's dialogue is dubbed. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, the actor's dialogue is dubbed. Is it um, the same same actor, or is it just no, completely no, it's replaced? No, no, it's a different actor. I can't... um oh. Yeah, it, it gets... I, Forgive me. Um, I've got a cold at the moment. That's why I'm so nasally. But also, my brain is fried. Um, it's it's. He's an English actor, so they had to dub somebody with an American accent. So it's it uh, made sense that. Um, I mean that that
1: that leads on to a good point for me because I think one of the things that had the appeal for me was that, obviously, it came from this, like, British perspective, and I think you look at uh, the first Hellraiser in particular, and, uh, obviously, a lot of the second as well, it's very apparent it feels like it's in the UK. Yeah,
0: the house is in the UK. Uh, I believe it's in Kent, Um, but there are shots where it's filmed in the States, and you can really tell, and it's usually the bits with Kirsty. Yeah, and, I mean,
1: obviously... It's having like, it, like because it
0: puts you on. It puts you in this place where you're like, "What the f- is going on?" It's a and bit feel, odd, isn't yeah, it? And yeah. I really love that.
1: No, I, I I enjoy that. I will say, I think that's probably something that I found a little jarring going then into Hellraiser three because then it Pure was obviously Americana, very yeah. yeah, it was like New York, New York, New York. Um, I, I mean, does it I, does it continue in the states then after that? Is it? all yes, american yes after, um, it doesn't, we don't really go back all the
0: films after that are all american centric yeah uh mm. we don't really the most british things about the subsequent sequels are doug bradley and then mm. even in the in the original timeline even the last two films don't contain doug bradley as well so yeah yeah that's uh
1: that is a, a shame um sacrilege really uh yeah i i think i i that's always had the appeal for me um i i do think julia if we are going to kind of take a moment because and i mean i suppose that leads nicely maybe into the sequel as well because julia very much then becomes yeah. more of of a factor of the story, what I absolutely loved. There was two things that I absolutely loved about uh, *Hellbound: Hellraiser 2*. I loved the fact that we were almost putting Julia in this like universal monsters esque, yes. like light. Particularly oh. with her rebirth, her getting wrapped in bandages and like. I, I just thought it was incredible—the music, that
0: dress, and the music. Yeah, the, yeah.
1: Yeah, the music, the dress, um, and the friggin the lightning that constantly appears every time she enters uh-huh. a room is just uh, in, insanely good. Um, I also love when she confronts Kirsty and she she says about being. The she's no longer the wicked stepmother, but she, now she's the evil queen, and then yeah. just
0: bitch slaps her. I the uh, yeah, that, that slap was heard across the world, <laughs> oh! and the underworld. It's absolutely <laughs> iconic. Um,
1: Pinhead's yeah. just
0: quaking in his boots because he's like Julia's bitch <sighs> slapped yeah. Kirsty upstairs. Hi, I, I think that's why I loved, <laughs> Leviathan chose her to be like. <laughs> Um, his personal like lackey. <laughs> just just the backhand alone deserved an Oscar in my eyes. But yeah. yeah absolutely. I do love it though because, because if you were to watch this for the first time in order, you wouldn't necessarily expect that of the second film. You wouldn't expect Julia to be the person to come back.
1: No. You'd I think did, yeah.
0: or you'd think of it'll probably be Frank being a big part again and and the yeah. Cenobites. So to have Julia come back was quite a shock. Um and for the fact is she was like, when she's just, cause you realize that her coming back is very different to the way that Frank comes back. Um, yes. And then you find out that Leviathan, who is the, the God of flesh and all this, who's basically the, the God of this realm of hell mm. uh, within this universe, chose her personally to be his instrument um, mm. to not just f- people up, but also to create new Cenobites and, I really love that she was given this, like, really high station. I reckon Leviathan was like, I saw what you did for some good dick, and I appreciate (laughs) that. Um, But I also saw how you got (laughs) f***ed over by the good dick. So how about (laughs) you come work for me, you can put people in a fabulous wardrobe, (laughs) and my dick monsters will turn them into (laughs) angels slash demons. That is the intro soundbite right there. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I absolutely uh, love that. I mean, yeah, I I think she's by far the strongest thing about the the second film. Again, I've got to applaud the makeup effects. I just thought they were beautiful. The way, I mean, like you said, her rebirth is completely different to how Frank comes back. It is, it's not as grotty. And also, I mean, so I, I suppose I kind of didn't think about it in that literal sense that if, yeah, the Leviathan is the god of flesh, is that why when she gets her skin back, it's her skin, whereas obviously Frank had to oh, wear Frank, Larry's skin. Uh,
0: Frank could have, um, Frank could have had his own skin, but he realised then that he needed to hide because the whole thing In about Frank sight, I suppose, is he yeah. needs to hide from the Cenobites because he knows that they're looking for him. So that's why he chose, a, <sighs> yeah,
1: because I really loved that and I thought that was a really clever way of them to, yeah. I mean, kudos obviously to the, the actor in the first one, Andrew Robinson, who played Larry, because there is yes. that switch up at the end. And I mean, it's it's probably just contact lenses and a bit of eye shadow, but, but you're like, iconic. that is a different, yeah, yeah that's a different it's person in that skin such now. Such
0: a good performance. And then poor Kirsty's like, none the wiser though. Um, <laughs> she just sees, I think she just, like, Daddy, Yeah. Oh God, yeah, I wish just, Frank could say, come to daddy to me. God, God he's so fine. The, there is
1: something about him which I, I kind of find, like, I don't know. I, I, I guess it is that forbidden. I, I I think Clive Barker knows what he's doing when he's, uh, he's yeah yeah he does. on casting these men and, and yeah. getting these men involved in these films. So, well done, Clive Barker. Well, that's the no thing about the second one.
0: There isn't much eye candy in the second one, I don't think. No, absolutely which, not. They do make up for it in the third, because we'll get into <laughs> it, but JP in the third is a whole other kettle of fish. Absolutely. Oh, my good God. mesh underwear oh anyway i I, yeah i mean
1: oh yes daddy it was practically porn yeah in the best way
0: Uh, but but yeah yeah. the um in the (laughs) second one what i really like is we do get this expansion then so um Mm. we don't see the like everything you think hell is it isn't so Mm. you see this um escher inspired labyrinth, and you see Leviathan, and rather than being like this, like red demon with horns, it's just this like prism with the same markings of as the uh, lament configuration or the Le Marchant box.
1: I did like that it was um, cold and blue and yes. like desaturated and not fiery and like everyone getting burned and like, I, I mean, it again, it, this is, is Clive Barker, isn't it? Taking this idea of something that everyone knows and then completely flipping it. And uh, I, I find it interesting that you say, obviously the roots in Catholicism as well, because when yeah. you do think about it, I, I know obviously there is that massive like BDSM, like kink culture feeding uh-huh. into it uh, with the leather and the chains and, and everything. But they are
0: robes, aren't they? Essentially. Yeah, they are. they're, they're not, robes they're of not, um, yeah, and then they even say like in the in the first films that like angels to some, demons to others. A lot of the dialogue sounds like something you'd read in a biblical text, I think. Like, no tears please. It's a waste of good suffering. Um <laughs> oh my god. We have such <laughs> sights to share. some of my favourite lines are from the Hellraiser series. I just think they're so chilling. Um mm. Also, um,
1: Julia getting to say that line in the second one was oh yeah yeah
0: yeah beautiful chef's kiss. Oh, <laughs> Julia's line delivery as well, and not just her line delivery. Her eye, her acting with her eyes is phenomenal. I will say her her hair in the first one. I'm not a big <laughs> fan. She the mullet. She, you can tell that she loves <laughs> she loves the of net, and you know. In the second one, when it's like brushed out but still got that volume, and yeah, oh, her eyes are so striking, so as well. piercing, aren't they yeah, yeah absolutely oh god this is this is turning into a claire Higgins fan cast now,
1: yeah i mean i'm I'm absolutely fine with that i I would be interested to see um no, I mean, I, I haven't yet double-checked, and I don't know if you know the answer. Was she under all
0: those prosthetics for no, the, a no, lot no, of the that stuff? that was a, was that was a enough, different yeah. performer. So, again, that was um, a different performer, but Claire Higgins was dubbing the lines. Right, yeah. okay, I
1: thought that might have been the case. But I, I, I don't know. Um, I noticed there was a lot of dubbing in the third one, uh, in particular, but there's something about it that kind of makes me... Again, you know how we kind of said about the the way that it's sort of American, but then has these British things yeah. that we recognize. And it just kind of makes it feel a bit uncanny and a bit weird yeah, like, out, off kilter. There's something kind of about that. I know it's probably not a deliberate thing. I imagine it's just a post-production thing, but I kind of appreciated it because it did feel yeah, like the sound design in the second one, particularly when Kirsty's going through the frigging labyrinth, The amount of dubbed heel clicks (laughs) in that one sequence is enough to think you're in hell, to be quite honest. It's, uh, It's a bit much, but... I don't know. It's it's good what fun.
0: I, what I really <laughs> like about the second one is the idea of everyone having their own personal mm. hell. So the room where Frank it turns out that Frank has orchestrated Kirsty going to hell and all this lot um mm. by pretending to be a dad. But the idea of Frank's hell, because Frank's whole life was about sex and women and mm. the idea that there's these beautiful women in this room, but he can't do anything with them. So he's constantly being teased, but he's got to look at himself in the mirror while that happens. And there's all this makeup to like, demasculate. I'm so sorry. I burped then. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> to demasculate. <laughs> <laughs> so to demasculate. Him and like, like I love the idea of everything in there is about taking away his power as a man. And that's his idea of hell. And mm. that's, what he has to suffer with i think that is fing great like a crazy good idea even like, layers the, upon layers the ex- there, yeah there. the execution of it as well is gorgeous i love the design of that i love the there's designs that i hate and love in the second one i hate Chenard's Cenobite look
1: yeah, him <laughs> floating about
0: with the... Yeah, yeah, yeah I, it, that just took me out completely <laughs>
1: when Mr. Cheesewire and... and yeah, it was... It, I I just, yeah. I mean, I, one thing I did notice, and I didn't know if this is something that's maybe been pulled through, but, you know, obviously Kirsty recognises what she presumes is her dad's help by the front door. That did very much make me think of Victor Creel and Stranger Things, you know, oh, the, yeah, yeah. the the stained glass door. Uh, and stuff there. And I didn't know when she looked and saw all that makeup if she was just gonna turn around and get jump scared by a drag queen to be quite honest, because (laughs) there is a lot of of makeup on that on that vanity. Um there
0: is yeah.
1: I will say that scene in particular though is maybe where I had like a bit of an issue because for me I think Frank was such a big part of the first one and it was such a great reveal that oh he's orchestrated all of this. He's been this like grotty body that we've been seeing and stuff. Um, and then yeah don't get me wrong I love that Julia's like the one to be like uh,
0: nothing
1: I, I just thought it was rather fast um, it was yeah it and just, then like you said we kind of went into we're getting the doctor for and I was like I, I don't need that like yeah, keep him in I his box like I want more did, of the other stuff
0: yeah they did try to pack a lot into that second film mm-hmm a lot was condensed into that. there was a lot of ideas to be condensed into that second yeah film. Um, i mean
1: another thing i also notice is that the cenobites don't tend to appear in these movies until quite a way in do they and i mean it's it reminds me of like how the paranormal activity films are you you're only really there for like the last 10 50 minutes where yeah. shit hits the fan like these films you're obviously there for when the cenobites turn up and start
0: yeah. actually well, wreaking havoc. They leaned into that in the, the later entries. So in the first two mm-hmm. films, the Cenobites aren't the... Vi- like they. I don't think they're the villains. They're just... No. They are... They just want to be me. They just be- want to be me. <laughs> oh my god, the GC
1: Cenobite. <laughs> the C and GC The Gemma... I've heard you've got dialysis. I'm sending you a khaki bag. Would you like khaki Red or khaki? khaki? Red or
0: khaki? <laughs> Oh Her my hell God. is just Jillian I McKeith on the other end of the phone. <laughs> anyone listening out there, if you can draw, if anyone could draw me Gemma Collins as a Cenobite, that would make my whole life. That's like I feel like that's that that's my brand. <laughs> there would have to be something to do with being claustrophobic. <laughs> <What the heck? laughs> Oh my lord. And she oh. doesn't
1: get you with chains, it's just hair extensions. The f***ing hair It's f***ing Oh my god, That's been
0: the best time of this now. I want to see Gemma Collins in the next Hellraiser entry, please. Yes. Okay, uh. you heard it
1: here first. It's a Their Queer exclusive. It's gonna happen. No!
0: No tears, no. <laughs> please! It's a waste of good suffering.
1: What's up? You ill?
0: <laughs> yeah, when the chains are
1: in, people, sup your meal. <laughs> Am I gonna die? <laughs> it's through <of> to the bone. <laughs> oh my
0: god! Oh my the the god. possibilities and then, are endless. And then, when she takes the box away at the very end, she's like, you ain't ever gonna get <laughs> this candy. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh my god! So yes, tune into uh, <laughs> a, a, a super freak exclusive where we attain the rights of the Hellraiser franchise.
1: Yeah, and just for that, if you
0: if all the f- boys were upset about Jamie Clayton being cast as as the Hell Priest, <laughs> just wait till they get a load of Gemma Collins. <laughs> oh, 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 that is incredible. Just oh. uh, so Yeah. <laughs>
1: I feel like we had a serious point at one point. Oh well. I-
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to oh. stick with me all day. <laughs> Especially as I'm reading The Scarlet Gospels now. I feel like I'm going to be reading The Hell Priest <laughs> anytime someone says no you're just going to
1: no, <laughs> Go <in>. no. Caught <laughs> you with the
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh wow. So oh. Yeah, so yeah, um yeah.
1: Well, I've got a question for you, going Go back on. to the topic. Obviously, we really like the idea that they um, they had their own personal hells. What do you think would be your personal hell if you had to visualise it? What do you think would be, what, there would be in
0: there? Do you know people who eat with their mouth open and slap their lips? <laughs> it would be a banquet hall of people doing that. Um, <laughs> Just, yeah. Oh, my God, it winds <laughs> me up. Um... <laughs> It would probably look a lot like London. Um, yeah. I don't really like London. Unless no. somebody wants to pay me to live there and get a great job down there. But... I need a sugar daddy! Um, <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think now. Oh, the only food I could eat would be beans. Baked beans. Um, To be fair, my hell would be a lot more tame compared to most. I think, <laughs> no, oh no, I don't like oh, I don't like dentist things. Like... If there's a scene in a film where anyone's getting any sort of dentistry done, even in Little Shop (laughs) Horrors, I just, oh, like, the idea, I hate being at a dentist, the sound of the drills and everything, so I'd get Mm. tortured and it'd be, I think it'd just be one big dentist room. Like, the serious side of it is, I know how they f*** me up and it'd be that. The unserious side is, it's a banquet full of beans and everybody's slapping their lips. (laughs) A banquet full of beans and everyone's
1: slapping their lips. Oh, and there's turkeys in the room.
0: Oh, jump Jump gear.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Incredible. What
0: about yours? What would your hell be like?
1: Um,. I, I mean, I hate wasps, mm. and I also have the biggest fear of drowning, so I think perpetually drowning in a car that's filled with wasps, like, if it was, like, going underwater, that Wasp would be with pretty like,
0: hellish like, to suits on. Yeah,
1: oh. so they, yeah, yeah, just, I mean, just anything for, for yeah, involving wasps is, is, is not great. Um, I don't, I, I, I don't know, I just... I also kind of don't like London all that much. Yeah. So I, kind of, I know, I know what you mean. It's like the older we I share get, a name and we like... share a hell. <laughs> yeah, I love. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah. I, I just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. To... I know what my hell will be, and I want oh. to get onto this later. It would be watching Halloween ends on repeat. It's
0: a movie about trauma. I
1: think that'll oh. be my, oh. <laughs> my hell. Um, <laughs> and <So>, oh, um. <laughs> and, uh, oh. um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I do. I do like the idea of it. I think it's it's funny. Um, Gemma Collins and Beans aside, yeah, I think it's uh, it's uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great great idea. I imagine that's probably how it operates because it's obviously real.
0: Mm. So, that's, that's, so um, in the Scarlet Gospels, you actually go to hell and you get to go to Clive Barker's imagining of hell, and it's very different. It doesn't look like the Labyrinth It's so weird because in the Boom Studios comics, which is supposed to be a continuation of the first two films, mm. you find out that the hell that we see with the Leviathan, the M.C. Escher style, is only one level of hell. There's so many different levels, mm. which is really cool. But then in the Scarlet Gospels, hell looks like what? It apparently it just looks like Rome, but oh. underground and fiery and stuff like that. So it's more of a, like a traditional... Yeah. Draconian hell. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so Fair um moving on to the third film, which is I feel like where the series starts to depart completely. Depart from its origins. Um there's still the same premise of there's a box or a pillar well, the pillar from the <laughs> end of the second one, the weird pillar with like <laughs> a baby doll on it and what's your pleasure, so <laughs> And just Jesse Ware, just just <laughs> playing <laughs> oh at the end. <laughs> oh.
1: oh my god, that's changed the song. Oh, completely.
0: Oh, I'd really like a like orchestral version of "What's Your Pleasure," but Doug Bradley just narrating the lyrics.
1: Yeah, I mean that oh. that, that, that could, work. That well, could speaking, definitely work. oh,
0: speaking of Doug Bradley, music mm. and narration as an ex-goth. Uh, I used to really be in a ba- into a band called Cradle of Filth. Um, mm. They've got an album called Midian, which is named after the the place in Nightbreed, another Clive Barker thing. And because they have such a love for Clive Barker and Doug Bradley, they've got Doug Bradley on a couple of tracks on there, just like... Incredible. Like, Uh just, um, just being. They, they've got thing. him on... Uh, albums in the future as well, but I want to focus on Midian more than the others, because there's a, a track called Her Ghost in the Fog, and Clive Barker opens that song with a narration, and of a lot of his, like, the things he says in Hellraiser, he says it, so he's like, oh, no tears please, but in his book, like, like, just the opening that of was that was quite song,
1: a good impression, I will say. If I, oh, it's because I've got a cold. To it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fantastic. If you... You don't have to listen to the whole song; just listen to the the opening. Or mm, <laughs> uh, yeah. you can do it's. It's quite a good song. I like it, but yeah, mm. it's it's incredible. So yeah, and then so the third film. Sorry for that segue. <laughs> say, um, big departure from what we're used to. I think so we're used to this quite intimate setting. Um, yeah, definitely. Even in hell, it's still claustrophobic. It's still claustrophobic. the same corridor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm claustrophobic, Darren. But we don't have anyone returning in this one apart from mm. the Cenobites. I think we get Kirsty on
1: VHS, but I'm oh, not yeah, we too get... sure it is. I, I didn't really. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know. I thought it was kind of clever if that's how they needed to do the cameo. Yeah, yeah. Or,
0: but, uh, yeah. but this um, is a. Uh, so this is where Clive Barker is still got... I think he's still got a producing credit, but doesn't have a big thing in it. And mm. I feel like this is where the cracks in the franchise really start to form, which will later fissure on to a huge gaping mess. Um, but yeah, the, the, uh, the one thing I just want to start off about the third film is I will talk about JP just for a couple of minutes now. <laughs> so there's a sexy... Boy, in this, like the more in the first film, and he's kind of still—he's got that look of Frank about him a little bit. Absolutely, he? he's yeah. got like the the olive skin, the dark mm. features, but mm. he's like ripped, and oh, oh he's into really <laughs> into really rough sex, and you get to see his ass quite a lot. But there's a point where he gets up, he's wearing his underwear with like this mesh on it. Oh my god, like. Talk about sexual awakenings—that was a big one. Them, that, and Blazing Squad. I realised I came to the <laughs> one and yeah. the same really. Aren't oh, they? Blazing Squad—it's the mesh. Big... It's the mesh. <laughs> yeah, I came to the conclusion of week because I grew up on quite quite a rough shabby council estate, and I grew up on like Chav dick. So like. <laughs> Blazing Squad were a big sexual awakening for me. I um, grew
1: up on chaff dick.
0: I said, "Yeah, I cut my teeth." That's why I cut my teeth. Um, but no, um, yeah. So I remember having the VHS for this and like rewinding, just just pause it. rewinding the sex scenes. Yeah, putting it on mute and just like watching them over and over again, wishing mm, I was the I'm girl. I'm sure that's that's
1: all you were doing is just just watching. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's uh, there's definitely something about those mesh boxes that. Yeah, yeah, That does does it for me, I, I will googled
0: say. It. I googled, I'm terrible at remembering names, I've got it written in my notes, but my uh, computer's frozen a little bit, but the guy who played J.P. still quite, uh... Still quite, quite fitting fitty. ...nowadays, yeah. Mm. Well, uh... Yeah, no,
1: I mean, I... So, I, I haven't finished this film, um, but I have... I've seen many a clip right um so i'm aware that we do get a cd cenobite uh or cd ROM cenobite or whatever the hell it is uh, and also there's a, a big shootout with cops and a lot of explosions and
0: yeah so it, i mean
1: it, it's it like you said it does blast that intimacy out of the water i it think it
0: really does and goes for a tra- like goes more like camp than, than anything else yeah we get mm. like a cenobite with cds and the in the face and then one with like a, a video camera for an eye and it's very mm. of the time as well they're cool ideas don't get me wrong like the idea of like a, what would a modern modern cenobite be but like mm. it just it ends up turning into like the tone i would use for it it's, it's kind of like underworld for me you know like camp yeah camp scary but yeah. like it, the thing is, though, it doesn't get too camp because I feel like with camp, there's always that earnestness and it, there isn't any of that there. They were just like, f*** it, this all look cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that was the approach. And I will say some of the lines and the way things happen in this film have been interesting, <laughs> particularly where we're following the reporter and I don't know if she's there's one scene where she's on hold for ages trying to get through to someone. And then all of us, and then as soon as they answer, she goes, just hold a minute. And then she has another conversation. And then when she goes back, she's like, I need the videotape of Kirsty." And then they give it to her straight away. And then she just goes, yes. (laughs) I was like, it was kind of, yeah. It
0: was a choice. Choices. So I'm going to have less and less to say about the next films, but, um, I will say I like some of Joey's performance. I like I like I like the idea that it still continues that story. So we find out that so in the second film at the end, Doctor Chenard ends up killing the Cenobites, but we see it's weird because they kill they kill them and then they turn back to their human form. So we find out that there's been a separation between Captain own. There's not Elliot really Spencer. any continuity, is no, there? No. There's Elliot Spencer who is the human who becomes the Hellpriest and then the Hell Priest. And now they're two separate entities and mm. the Hellpriest is the all the evil parts of Elliot Spencer and yeah it's
1: I will say as well about <laughs> that, like obviously in the second film we very much get to see the makeup come off Doug Bradley, like yes. where he then goes back to human form. And it is insane because I don't think he looks anything like Pinhead when he's pinned. No, like as good. Like a- Bradley, like that to say, I don't know, you know, like with, with Robert Englund and Freddy Krueger. Yeah, there is a difference, still, but yeah. you can still very much see Robert Englund's face. Well, that's,
0: that's really funny because Douglas is... Bradley tells a story about the rap party for Hellraiser. Um, <laughs> he wasn't allowed in because no one recognised him. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they had to get like I think they had hilarious. to get like Clive Barker to vouch for him again. "No, oh, this is because no one had ever <laughs> seen like the people had never seen him without makeup on." So, like, who's this like barrister? Baloney! Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know <laughs> Do you know what I mean? mean? Yeah, he looks like yeah. so. British and just proper it's 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 very funny (laughs) I do think as well though the third film was the time I think where it was getting into like it it was very much in pop culture then at that point wasn't it the 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 figure of Pinhead because I know he made like appearances at like the VMAs and stuff or there was Uh like an awards ceremony wasn't there with MTV and you kind of think like I don't know that that's to me is like where maybe the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise maybe then started to fizzle a bit when we started getting Freddy rapping and appearing <laughs> on lunchboxes and you're like he's supposed to be this terrifying man in your dreams but yeah. uh, so I, I I think it did tread a similar trajectory to as, to those older ones uh, to to the yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street films so does it just get worse then
0: from here it, it doesn't it doesn't the fourth one is I prefer for the is this, one this is bloodline isn't it yeah so the fourth one tries to so you always talk about the first four films together because they're all like they were the theatrically released ones and I, I, right. everything after that wasn't um and you can you can tell why i call shade <laughs>
1: It's the fourth one where we get Angelique, because I yes, think I've seen the, I,
0: the picture of her. I love the character and design and everything of Angelique. So at the end of the third film, Joey's chucked up the Le Martien box into like a pool of concrete at a construction site. And then later we see the, the finished site and it's a building that looks just like the box. And you're like, oh. So, so all these films end with like a weird... <laughs> what the f*** is that, and <laughs> what's going on? Then we get the fourth film, which <laughs> it's where Hellraiser goes to space. Yeah. <laughs> um, not, the thing, that's just a good way of putting it. It's weird because there's, there's bits set in the future in space, but then you get bits set in the past and then bits set in the present. So there's like three timelines going on. You get right. to find out all about... The box—it's—it's it's more about the box itself. So you find out the layman configuration, as as uh, people have been calling it, is actually made by uh Marchant, who was this toy maker. He made these things, and they're all like—it isn't just the box. There's other things, but they're all portals mm. to hell. Some, there's like a really good cast in here, to be honest. Valentina Vargas as Ange- Angelique is f-ing incredible, but you get a young Adam Scott in here. And I've always fancied Adam Scott, and I think Adam
1: Scott is is so in, fine, in, in, so in a, fine in a, in
0: a kooky way. I think absolutely. But you get Adam Scott in here, and he plays this like aristocrat Jacques. I think his name is, and he had like a originally he had quite a small role, but then it got expanded on because like. People really reacted. They thought he was fit as well. Well, yeah, people reacted strongly <laughs> to him, and but the, there was, like, the origin of Angelique ended up changing and all this lot. But you find out that there's other configurations of the box, and so there's, like, the Elysium configuration and the Anti-Lament configuration, and it releases light, and... Oh, my God, it's so oh. confusing. It's so confusing. It's so good, but confusing. Uh, I, so it's definitely worth checking out, then? I prefer... Yeah, I prefer it, because one angelique's character and design is sick if no one's seen it she's got like this exposed scalp um mm. there's a ca- in the re in the reboot um there's a character who does look a lot like and she's yeah. supposed to be Angelique but and then there's this whole thing of Angelique and Pinhead being like a thing and mm. I've read fan fiction about them not <laughs> yeah it's not like sexy <laughs> fan fiction but people really took to this character those two yeah thought she was going to be like the big thing but yeah the big the big takeaway from Hellraiser 4 Bloodlines is Hellraiser does in fact go to space and there's a space station And right, ends up in thinking being a well, big then, box
1: it <laughs> Goes to space before Jason went to space because Jason actually oh, came yeah. out in two thousand and one, and this was still did the it 90s. go to space
0: before the Leprechaun went to space? So Bloodlines was ninety six, I want to say, or about- uh,
1: Leprechaun four. In space was ninety six, so it was oh, the same 90, year. Same year. So oh, lapricorn and Pinhead went to space. Both the went same space year. Space in
0: the same year. How sweet! Oh. 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 Probably
1: saw each other out there, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Sandra Bullock spinning past. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Interesting. Um, I think. <laughs> That's always like a, a thing, isn't it? Even like the screen films where they like joke and they go, Oh, this film had time travel or oh, this film went to space yeah. and you're kind of like, Oh, that'll never
0: happen. It, it did. I do, <laughs> I do I do love it when something stupid like that happens. Like we've got Amityville in space now, haven't we? I mean yeah. I haven't seen it because I the only I've only watched the original Amityville horror film and then the Ryan Reynolds reboot because mm. it was top us for um but no i have detecting not watching a pattern here, yeah, here I've, with, not, I've definitely not watched amityville in space but, but no I, d- I don't mind it when they go to space I, qu- I quite like jason x you know it might be stupid mm. but that's why i like it because it's so it it's, i do have a fondness for it, it
1: because it is in on the joke i think
0: yeah because it is in on the joke that's why i mm. like jason i mean we're not doing that for this episode but i just need to put that i think jason x is, <laughs> is actually quite an underrated underrated entry into that. i mean considering yeah. some of the entries into that fucking franchise Absolutely. especially manhattan like yeah which is where screams well screams go to new york i suppose they'll go to manhattan yeah i wonder if very, Scream four ch- i wonder if Scream six will just be half of it like three quarters of it will be on a boat I'm hoping so
1: because love that, <laughs> love that for them. Yeah, I think it's definitely taken a turning point then here, hasn't it? If we've yeah. gone to space, uh, the the intimacy that was there in the first two was blown <laughs> out the water gone, in the third, yeah. and now we're off world. So, um, so I take it we return back to Earth in the following sequels? I mean, have you seen all of them, even the, the yes. ones without? Uh, some Bentley? of
0: them I've only watched like once, or maybe not even all the way through once
1: there is a part of me who because I've started doing these now yeah there is a part of me that thinks I kind of want to just watch all of them to say I've watched all of them that's fair so,
0: I'll, so I might so do. the films <laughs> that come after this as a lot of people like it's a big thing in horror trivia that a lot of people know about but if you don't it turns out that a lot of the subsequent sequels after four as well not only were they director video but they were scripts that already existed for to be made into films that F- Miramax just were like, oh, okay, so if we just put the Cenobites in there somewhere, we can turn this into a Hellraiser film, and you can really mm. tell because half of them are like gritty detective stories. It's like, imagine watching the, like, I don't know, what's a gritty detective like, imagine along came a spider or seven, mm. and they mm-hmm. randomly put, well, seven would make more sense I think to have. What's but, in like- the box?! Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, missed opportunity, quite honestly. Yeah,
0: so, like, the fifth film is all about, like, a corrupt detective. There's a murderer, murderer called The Engineer... He's kidnapped a kid and all this lot, and then. Uh, yeah, so it's very, very different there. I mean, yeah. is
1: Kirstie out of them from this point? Or so she K- come back?
0: Kirstie's out of them. She comes back for one. Um, oh, God. Which one was that? Because the Kirstie one was shy as well. Yeah, it's the sick one, actually. It's Seeker, 2002. Kirsty comes back. It's probably one of the better ones of the shit ones, which sounds awful. Kirstie. I want to say, she doesn't, she doesn't have a change of character in it, and it's dead weird. Uh, spoiler alert for anyone who does want to watch it, Kirsty becomes, like, a bit of a bitchy villain.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Does she become um, a Julia? No, not, not to that extent. Or does just no yeah. one become Julia? No one just could ever Julia. become
0: Julia. <laughs> so the sixth one, yeah, is where Kirsty comes back, and it's like, it's okay. I mean, you could watch it. The, <laughs> the seventh one is called Hellraiser 7, Deader. D-E-A-D-E-R. Deadder. Deader. Yeah. <sighs> and this one is about a cult who calls themselves the Deaders, and it's an investigative journalist. But Shy it's, then. It's shit. Again, it, it, was, it was an original film that just randomly had that put onto it. Now, the one that I will talk about a bit more is uh, Hellraiser 8, Hellworld. And okay. There's only really one reason why I want to talk about it. So this one's weird because it was again, it was not gonna be a Hellraiser film, but I feel like the way they put it in was a little bit more clever. So it's about a group of people who are addicted to playing an online computer game called Hellworld, which is based on the Hellraiser series. Okay, so is it like meta? Does the, yeah. do the films exist in the film? Yeah, and yeah, it's it's weird. It's very weird, but it's shit. <laughs> But the saving grace is it's got a young Henry Cavill in there and he looks so f***ing handsome in it. I mean, he's a lot hes a lot younger, so he doesn't have... He's not the Henry Cavill that we know and love now and he's not, like, big and muscly and, and just ripped and just, like, body hair and beard and big arms and quads. and ah. Oh. For still people at home, cute in this. he's like he's to like the people at home.
1: Ian Liam was just closing his eyes and touching himself. Yeah, <laughs> as he was reciting um, Henry Cavill's yeah, he's features. Like a,
0: he's like a dick. He's like a f- boy in it. Uh, he's a younger Henry Cavill, and he's got like his jawline still there, and he's still fit. So yeah, is you could watch it if you want to watch something that tries to do something a little bit different. It's not great, but again, Henry Cavill's in it. You could watch it. Just for that. Doug Bradley's still in it. Which was this is nice. Doug Bradley's
1: last one?
0: It is the final film to feature Doug Bradley as Yeah,
1: because I know but then we got we did get a couple
0: more, didn't we? But so then Pink we got the next one was Revelations, which mm. oh it's awful. <laughs> yeah, it I think awful. pretty much from it was, the outset it looks awful. It was rushed. I think it was um, so they were was, losing the rights, weren't they? They were losing the rights. Yeah. This was done in a matter of weeks. Yeah like a matter of weeks and you can tell and like oh god it's
1: i mean that's that's again, where it bothers yeah. me when studios are in like a, cause it's the whole thing that's been going on obviously with the friday the 13th uh, oh. uh kind of dealio at the moment i mean that's gonna hopefully be resolved and we are well, getting, got, this getting this prequel series, series are we yeah. yeah on paramount plus yeah the, the fact that I mean, it's just insulting to to fans. Like, I, I I hold my hands up. I'm not the biggest fan of of this franchise. I do see the redeeming factors and qualities of it, absolutely. But to, I just find that in at the biggest insult. Like, yeah. you're going to lose the rights, so let's just. We know that the fans are going to spend money on this, so let's just deliver a play. It's of really shit funny and then because, just
0: yeah, because let have it. Doug Bradley was like, "I'm not." Because Doug Bradley, they approached him to be like. You know, we're making another one. And he was like, what, you want me to get into all this makeup that takes hours to be to get a film finished in a matter of weeks? And the script is a nothing script. So no. Um, it's, again, it's another film that, like, it's like a detective film and researching a videotape and then somehow the Cenobites get involved. This mm. one ends up having Stephen Smith Collins as Pinhead but is dubbed over by Fred Tatisciori, who's, I, I could go into that, voice acting credits, but I'd rather not. They've been, if you've watched an animated film or a game, good chance that they've done it. They've voiced the Joker before I believe. Incredible voice actor so I will not, they are not getting any criticism from me because fantastic Mm. voice actor but everything else about it is absolutely shy. So then they were like, okay, should we make another one? Do you want another one? Nobody wanted another one. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants one anyway. Yeah, nobody wants another one, but we got it anyway. And then oh, it's called Hellraiser Judgment. Maloney! Yeah. Am I right in thinking. Heather camp, camp camp yeah. yeah. Which is probably the only reason why I'd maybe go back and watch it. But I considered also,
1: watching it just because it was the first thing I know she'd done in like a while. And obviously, horror. Yeah. Uh, like acting wise, because I know she's been more
0: behind the scenes, hasn't she, more recently? Yeah. Well, um, and she gets back in on her screen, so then it gets cancelled. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Netflix, she twats. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to go. So then the next one, uh, uh, you get more of Pinhead, who's like, oh, how many more ways can we torture people. Oh, the humans are finding better ways to torture one another. And then we get into wait for it yet another detective story (laughs) yeah about three detectives uh, investigating a serial killer known as the preceptor whose murders are based on the Ten Commandments
1: Oh, original I thought you were going to say
0: known as the Prosecco then. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: thought uh, God's in this one. Oh God, yeah. who's he played? Literally, who's he played by?
0: Oh no! God, that, like, but God is God ends or is up the, like there's a force of God. Yeah, God ends up like destroying Bengi. Uh, Heather Langenkamp is <laughs> uh, played plays the landlady in it, and she's to be fair, she's quite an iconic. Character in this because she's just pure filth and is constantly smoking, and you know, <laughs> it's a bit of me that. Um, but if you want to watch a good Heather Langenkamp film, uh, don't watch that. So you could, you could watch a lot of other things, you yeah. know what I mean. The production for this got delayed, um, and there was no marketing for it because Dimension were like, Oh, uh, our parent company is, uh, owned by harvey weinstein and we don't you know until there's a lot going on yeah so it's just don't watch it but (laughs) or do watch it you can make your own opinions but i'd oh god i hate the worst part about it is that the makeup design in this and the makeup effects are just not not it not great but speaking of mm. fantastic makeup and makeup designs uh this year in 2022 we got a reboot of the franchise which mm. aimed to bring it back to its roots which i think it did very successfully there is more of a focus in in the new one on the cenobites but i feel like it's still they they aren't the they aren't the villains in it, which I still—I really appreciate. Mm. I really appreciate. If nobody's watched it, go and watch it, and then pause here. Go watch it. Come back.
1: I—I I mean, well, it is available to watch now in the UK because yeah. that was a whole thing. Wasn't that was it? a whole f- thing, got it.
0: Yeah like, ages later. I'm not com- um, I'm not admitting to it, but I may or may not have had to have stream streamed it because I needed to abso- watch this film.
1: Absolutely. There were
0: spoilers, like, about it uh, immediately. Uh, got really excited for this when it was announced and they announced some of the casting. Particularly, and then that was a whole thing, like, the internet exploded, and the reason why it's exploded is because Jamie Clayton was cast as the Hell Priest, or just the priest as they're known in this, who traditionally is known as Pinhead and Doug Bradley plays the role. But they were like, Pinhead isn't a woman. And they were like, Well, no, you're right, but they're also not female. Like they're not Yeah, they're, they're not sexless. Yeah. And then to cast a trans woman in that role, it was phenomenal, I think, because it keeps mm-hmm. that queerness to the character. But also Jamie Clayton proven in this role, I think, that they have some fucking incredible villain acting chops. and Absolutely. It was, Absolutely. I loved it. I loved it. It didn't retread too much old grounds. They made something new with it. But yeah, I really appreciated that they mixed it up a bit so we didn't get the same story. We mm-hmm. got a new story. It was still the same premise of this box is, like... A well, there's to fundamental a elements, village. isn't yeah.
1: there, that I think is in the DNA of any Hellraiser movie. Yeah. Um, and this definitely contained them. It has the I, sex, it has
0: the gore, it has the sexy hellish creatures. Yeah.
1: I, I really liked how this, this came about because it's directed by David Bruckner and um, I was a big fan of his film, The Night House. Yes. And I know that that was written and initially conceived to potentially be a Hellraiser story. And then, so it's funny actually learning that the later Hellraiser films were stories that then had Hellraiser like injected into them with like no no consideration. Whereas David Bruckner was part of a movie that was potentially going to have Hellraiser elements and then became its own thing. Uh And then he then got a stab at the franchise afterwards. Um, I, I, I just, I really, really dug this this adaptation and Me i will too. say based on the fact i didn't love 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 the the older films i was then kind of like i don't know so i was happy that it was fresh yeah and it was a
0: new story and i was had yeah, new elements extremely happy i'm glad that like even the box like because we see yeah. the we becoming see its the, own character yeah becoming its own that's, like that's what was incredible thing, yeah. and then the idea that oh like, the fans called it the lament configuration. It still is that, but mm. that's one configuration. And then there's the Leviathan yeah. configuration. We've got, we got all those, like, little things. And then I feel like this film was made with so much love uh, mm-hmm. and respect to the original work. The makeup designs and applications in this are absolutely mm. in- Insane. There was a lot of people who were disappointed that they, they weren't these leather clad SM angel mm-hmm. demons, but I, lo- there's something a bit more sexy and sick and twisted about their robes of office, so to speak, being made out of skin in their own skin.
1: I mean, I think he uh, said himself, didn't he, uh, David Bruckner? He said, obviously leather is a type of skin that you're yeah. wearing so why not just make it out of your own oh. skin I, I, it, it's it's, such, it's like it's one of those ideas it's that light bulb moment where you think well why hasn't anyone thought of this before like yeah. and it, it's just that I mean I, I really loved the Evil Dead remake um, back oh, in 2013 so. and that again took like the DNA of the Evil Dead films but then uh-huh. did something completely different with yeah. it and I think that's exactly what they did with Hellraiser and the Hellraiser reboot because well, I don't want to say necessarily say reboot, but I suppose it is it will, or reimagine, re-imagine it rather, it, yeah. because we didn't need the origin story. We knew all these who these characters were. We immediately yeah. knew what who the Cenobites were. We knew what the box was. We knew fundamentally what was going to go down. Uh-huh. So I think they, these creative liberties they also, were yeah, great. They
0: also stuck to hiring a fit person in it. The um, the main character, Squeeze, <laughs> is a bit of all right. But there's that scene where he's in a shower and you can see how f***ing fat his arse is. Dead ass. <laughs> oh, I knew he turns out to be a bit of a bastard. But as we've established in this, Absolute I don't mind melon. That at all. Um, yeah. He's got a big f***ing dump truck.
1: I'm watching a party, yeah, get big man right in this little
0: garage <laughs> and i appreciated that i didn't appreciate that the first two characters we see getting killed off are homosexuals that upset me but also i'm also one for equality so we can be gay right first as well okay <laughs> right um i, I know love, what you mean mm-hmm. with the designs that they've got not just um the skin designs but they've got like the mechanical in it so it's like they're tied to the box but also another layer is Mm. you've got the hell priest with all the pins in the head but every like all the other Cenobites have, like, one or two of those pins, which kind of, might like maybe says, like, to shows that they are subservient to the priest, but also yeah. if there's only one pin in them, does that mean that they're, like, a private and then a major and then, like, if we're talking yeah. army ranks, like, it's, there's so much to unpack with it. I need, maybe, like,
1: uh, I need an art book, you know, like a making of oh, book. I would I need love that. I want love I want to see all the concepts art. I want to see... All the behind the scenes stuff. I yeah, I just I want to find out more. I think yeah. that's the only thing I don't like about the fact that it went straight to streaming. Like I want a physical yeah. release and oh. I want behind the scenes on it. Jamie
0: Jamie Clayton. Like, mm. again just like Doug Bradley, line delivery is fing yes. insane. I was I was never scared of pinhead. But I was mm. scared of Jamie Clayton's Hell Priest. I yeah. think, yeah. like, really, really, but not scary as in. It was just the unpredictability. Oogly, I think. Bitch. It bitch. Yeah, yeah, it was the, I don't know what the is going to happen. Mm. Why are they so fing calm? And, I mean, I yes. know that. I mean, this is it. Yeah,
1: yeah it, it, it just made Soft it so spoken. much more sinister. What is it you pray for?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is it? Like, I mean even from that trailer I oh, remember the yes. teaser trailer coming out and like you just hearing um their voice for the first time and and hearing uh, them them delivering like or pain and suffering all uh-huh. for us and it was just like oh, oh I, like it, it really got under my skin um and I don't know I don't really find the old hell, like the old Hellraiser films I don't okay. find scary in the slightest they make they gross me out and like I said I When that, I was that a kid reaction. I was
0: scared of Frank but I wasn't scared of yeah. the Cenobites
1: yeah yeah yeah. but yeah because I suppose Frank was the sort of person who you'd get told not to accept candy off of and get in a van with I would have as a child
0: oh (laughs) (laughs) fucking eye. Um,
1: so but I I think yeah there was something I don't know that as well each each kind of Cenobite seemed to have like the way that they were made or like the way that they appear. Oh, the one who's to be like, related to like how they were suffering
0: or yeah, the torture and, and, and sex as well. Like the yeah. one who's like the autoerotic asphy- asphyxiation mm. one, the one with the skin just. Come- oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. genius! Because they, a lot of people, a lot of criticism that I saw said, "Oh, it's not as sexy as the first one." And I was like, I don't know how you say that because I think it is. Like their main, I mean, there are sex scenes, yes, which but. Mm. I think the sexiness in it is from i shouldn't find the hell priest sexy but there is Mm. something undoubtedly sexy about them yeah there's something oh my god it's insane
1: it's 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 like that like when you pass a car crash isn't it you don't you don't want to look but you've Uh got to look
0: (laughs) what i also love i love that they bought the original score back for that bit at the end mm. uh, because I I'll, the
1: score's one of the greatest things about the, the Hellraiser the Hellraiser oh my god Hellraiser
0: Hellraiser oh god a <laughs> Oh, now imagine what's his name Kelsey Grammer no I can't do it in the impression um, and I don't want to but Fraser as Pinhead that's getting a reboot isn't
1: it so, Fraser.
0: yeah and oh. I don't I'm not too sure if Who's he's asking, involved
1: who asked for that I don't know. We're suckers for punishment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, much like the uh, people in the Hellraiser franchise. Um, I like that it touched on a lot more. Uh, like, so we had uh, addiction uh, mm. storyline in this. And, and a real, full spoilers, but the ending of this r- still sits with me now and gets me that they, mm. rather than killing or f***ing up the protagonist, they mm. said, she was like, I don't want any of it. And they were like, well, actually... You've chosen to live without your loved ones and as an addict and being spurned by your lover. So actually, that's a form of suffering. You've chosen mm. the lament configuration because lament be me being sad. And mm. I just when that was, I was like, "You clever f-ing bastard!" sir. you are in a hell on yeah. earth of your own making. Oh but yeah, yeah, layers. absolutely.
1: Layers, <laughs> layers. It's I. I mean, I I didn't, I didn't love the protagonist in in this this reboot. Um, I didn't. I, I but I think you were kind of it was kind of supposed to be like that because I mean, again, talking about the Evil Dead remake alongside this, obviously Mia's at the forefront of that yes. fighting addiction. That's what gets her into the the, the Evil Dead side of things. With a, with an
0: attractive had, brother, both of them have attractive it, brothers. Yeah,
1: indeed. Um, so this this was kind of similar in its approach but then I think what was gut-wrenching about it was the fact that you didn't necessarily care about the... Well, you didn't necessarily like the protagonist, but then, I don't know, someone like Nora, for example, who really didn't deserve their fame oh in this my film, God. <laughs> It then made that more heartbreaking, it, if yeah. that makes sense, because you'd be like, well, that's probably... She had more of the values of what you traditionally see in, like, a final girl, yes. and she isn't the final girl. And plus, also, we're getting a queer character making it to the end, who we thought was definitely going to die, because yeah. history says queer people get killed in horror movies, uh-huh, and you think really it's going to happen. So, I... I think that was clever, if because I know there's talks about there being more.
0: I want um, there to be, but also there's a I don't TV series in more. the works, isn't
1: there? I, yes, but I think that's a completely separate yeah entity, it's, I'm it's, sure. Yeah. But I'm... Um, I don't think I... I mean, th- this is where it becomes a problem again, because then... Part of me
0: does want to see more, because I'd quite like...
1: I want more of the film
0: universe, though. Yeah, that's what I want. But also, at the same time... If it's just that one film, I'm happy it's a very well self-contained story that could be yes. expanded on. I'd obviously love to see Jamie Clayton return as the Hell Priest because what a fucking performance that was. Yeah, And that's not to disregard anyone else's performance, they were just as good. I really liked... Uh, but
1: they fully made it their own, absolutely, in this film. Like, it was just... I, I I don't know. I I, I loved, loved everything about who, uh, it.
0: The one who plays Voight, I can never pronounce his surname, but he was the sexy dickhead boyfriend in Practical Magic. Who's re- he's so great. Viz- Viz- yeah. <laughs> Goran Vizhnik? Goran Vizhnik. Yeah. yeah. Gor- yeah. Um, he was great in it. Mm. I'm glad that we got to see him return. Oh, he's still so attractive. But I like that we got yeah. to see his transformation into a Cenobite at the end as well. We're just like, oh...
1: Yeah, I, but I messaged you, didn't I, when I watched this? Because I was a little unsure as to, if that was what it was. Yeah. Just because uh, I, I don't know. I think it was, it was quite, quite a stark image, wasn't it? Like it was almost heavenly. Like the yeah, way that it was that's kind what of I put forward, which I thought it, yeah. was was interesting. I, I mean, one of the, probably one of the only things that I had maybe going into it, expectation-wise, was that I thought it was going to be a lot more gory than it was. Yeah. Like, so. For me, the things that really hit were more when people got cut with the box, which I thought yeah. was genius. But like, I know it sounds silly. You know, if I saw someone getting like a paper cut in a film, I'd probably wince more than if I saw someone get like cut in half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's I don't like, know. It's like, it's I like know when the people stand on them. nails
0: in the film. <laughs> I in yeah. Home Alone or that Final Destination for <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> absolutely so I, I i don't know i think i expected like a little bit more i mean we get like some of the chain pulley stuff with yeah jerry the guy at the start and then nora uh, a little bit further in i think yeah when her boyfriend gets it that was pretty grim and i oh the bit with the the pin through the throat i and the noise. yes
0: oh <laughs> Genius. The, sound, the sound design and... Genius. The films. And it's just, I really like, like, Hulu have released... I can only think of two off the top of my head, but some great horror... Like, this and Prey have mm. been, like, two big franchises brought back in a different way. Like, I think Prey is the best... I've never been a Predator fan. I just... It's not my cup of tea. I don't like, like, mm. big... Well, I do like big muscly action men, but I don't like that in <laughs> the horror films going up against... But this one be like oh just it toned down and made a native american craft. story
1: yeah. coming from a completely different perspective historical like angle like it just it can yeah i mean well if it's if it's okay i did kind of want to talk a little bit about horror the landscape of horror as well this year and i think this feeds nicely into it because hellraiser for me wasn't necessarily super high on my list of like what I was looking forward to it was yeah. something I knew was there but I was looking forward to like Halloween Ends Evil Dead Rise which obviously has got pushed yeah because it's got like great audience test scores uh huh that and I will say, like the likes of *Prey* and, and *Hellraiser*, yeah. were things where my expectations were quite low, just because I, I'd seen I, I'd, I'd seen *The Predator*, I'd seen *Predators*, and I wasn't that impressed, and didn't know uh-huh. that there was a story that could be told there. And actually, really blew me away. And it was the stuff that I really thought I'd be impressed by and knew I could count on, like *Scream* or yeah. *Halloween*, that then fell short for me, unfortunately, yeah. this year. It's,
0: it has been a great year for horror because it's been a great year for horror box office sales more than anything mm. and mm. show showing people that you know invest more into it I was a bit slow on the uptake of watching barbarian mm. a lot of people watched it before me and I went in with no expectations expecting to just be but I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would um yeah see I, I absolutely I hated
1: it I loved the first 40 minutes and then you'll know the bit if you've yeah. watched the film, it, it, it suddenly changes into something else. Um I, I I'm glad you actually brought up Barbarian. I, I also hated the fact that there just was a random slur just added halfway through as well. And I, yeah. I didn't really feel like yeah. it was motivated. It, I mean it, it we knew felt, the character was a dick. We knew like, that I
0: feel like the character was one of the people who'd be very capable of saying it. But I yeah, I, I yes. also didn't appreciate it. Um mm. I, there's I don't like do you know the design of the the monster lady mm. i feel like i've seen that design now a million times um well to say the smile came out just
1: before which was extremely similar in terms of antagonist and yeah but i, I mean obviously i know it wasn't a big yeah. baby woman but i um, the bit when she flies off the corn mill though at the end sorry <laughs>
0: spoiler alerts i was yeah. howling i that's why i, I, I laughed <laughs> the slow mo but, but when i when i realized that it's because the first 40 minutes it, it's a, it takes itself quite seriously Mm. and then it doesn't and i was like um if i think it'd be like malignant for me
1: like you know going into it a second time i know what i'm expecting i'll probably enjoy it more now i've
0: rewatched malignant knowing Mm. what it's going for i've enjoyed it a lot more yeah yeah and i didn't like it so yeah similar dna is yeah but that's the thing with barbarian when that thing when the tone switched completely i paused the film and i went away for half an hour because i was like i had to look to see that You know, I wasn't watching yeah. some dodgy link that like there was something <laughs> I hadn't fucked up, and I was watching a new film. Mama? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah there's, very been, weird. there's been some good. I mean, I have come to really, really love, appreciate, and adore X. I've watched it about five mm. times now. Yeah, um, have you seen Pearl yet? I haven't seen Pearl yet. I want oh my to. god, Liam!
1: Um, Probably close
0: second but film of the year for me. That hasn't been released in the UK, and it's not been released until March.
1: I yes, know that, so yeah, yeah, I definitely know. not, not yeah.
0: obtained it in a, in yeah, a, in a, but I want <laughs> I, because way. I've heard so many good things. I've just watched Bones and all that was a dreadful film, mm, <laughs> but I've also yeah. read the book, so I knew what I was expecting. Oh, and we've had our first teaser of Scream Six. Mm-hmm. Uh, gone to New York. Um, mm-hmm. I'm. I'm not going to get as hyped as I did for the last one because I think that's part of the reason that I was disappointed is because I overhyped mm. it to myself. I'm liking the idea of a fresh setting. Me uh, too. I love that Kirby's I love back. that Kirby's come out. I can't wait the, to see Samara Weaving. Is,
1: is 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 interesting. Love the fact that we see Samara Weaving's character in Ready or Not paid homage to in the Halloween yeah. costumes. Um I love the fact that it's Halloween setting and I think it's genius to have that
0: and then on a subway. Yeah. Like that that shot was perfect. Chilling, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got that coming. Uh what else came up? I've watched The Invitation. Yeah. <coughs> I actually really enjoyed loved that. every single second of it. Um, it was like Van Helsing. It's, it's, like, it's like Twilight and Van Helsing. Yeah. It's camp. Uh, yeah, it's um, camper's balls. I, I predicted everything that would happen and I was right. Um, but purely because, <laughs> spoiler alert, if you've read Dracula or you're a fan of Dracula, you you know what's Probably going to know
1: what's happening, yeah. I
0: loved every... I thought I was like, this was a film made for the girlies, gays and days. Like, yeah. it's got everything. And it tipped, <laughs> it tipped so many boxes for me. This um, is what I
1: mean, though. Like, I heard everyone absolutely thrashing it and saying how yeah. shit it was and then went into it thinking oh god and yeah. actually had quite a good time with it so there was a lot of films
0: this year where the I expectations watched, uh, were I watched They Slash Them something I won't be watching didn't, again I didn't uh, hate it but it, I didn't love it. it it could have done a lot more. I'm not going to get into it I feel like it deserves a, a whole video essay on that Um, I do yeah. have a lot to say about it uh, we had our first, well, we had two entries into the mcu franchise that went into horror we had uh doctor strange in the multiverse of madness directed by you know horror legend sam raimi that delved into horror and was some quite chilly moments but then we had the werewolf by night which is a loved that homage to you know just old old like, monster movies like universal monster movies yeah and, and was perfect f- f- incredible like yeah he, Probably the best Marvel entry, I think, because it dared to do something different and it yeah. wasn't there to be like, here are some very well-known actors. We're going to have a quip every five seconds and yeah. we're going to have these screaming goats that you think will be really charming and funny all the way through <laughs> it, but they get annoying <laughs> after two seconds. Yeah. We had some great horror TV this year. Yeah. Yellow Jackets has been picked up for a third season before the before second, second season Yeah, even come out. So I am i that, think that's march i am so getting that? fed with that like that has made me so happy yellow jacket's probably my tv highlight of the year maybe but i watched it and was absolutely obsessed
1: so as soon as i found out that there was more and i mean i i'm just i i don't know it, it could very easily go a different way and i mean this again links in with the the hallways of, of the episode and I've got to say probably one of my biggest disappointments this year was AHS and YC, and I knew it was going to be. And I just found... Didn't watch it because I knew what it was going to be. The fetishization of just the AIDS pandemic and actually using the kink scene, uh, demonising the kink scene and literally having... I mean, it's it's not a spoiler. You, you well, you've probably like kind of seen online. There's there's a character called like Big Daddy, who's this big lather daddy in it, and oh, yeah. ultimately is is AIDS, oh. killing people, and it's just.
0: Uh, I'm so, I'm so just glad I didn't done. watch it. I'm so glad I'm just I didn't done watch with it. it. I, I, not to say that there weren't some
1: good performances in there, but it was it was a pile of shit. Yeah.
0: I've made my thoughts on that series and that creator very. Much. But do you know what
1: I mean, like you know how Hellraiser. Yeah. Touches on those kind of subjects and like forbidden pleasure and sex and, uh-huh. and the queer side of culture and everything. It like the, the, the reimagining and even the old films did it with such class. Yeah, that was just a textbook of what not to do with it because it just it just took so many steps backwards for queer representation in horror. Yeah. Like it, okay. yeah. it's just, it was just, it was just disastrous, absolutely disastrous. Um, and yeah, I've got to say the elephant in the room:
0: Halloween ends. Awful, and awful,
1: was, awful, awful, awful. It was I'm uh, so
0: mad. I think I I told you I, I really liked like the last ten minutes <laughs> um, when it yeah. was just Michael and Laurie. I really liked their like confrontation. I really what the liked film was sold as yeah. Uh, I liked the, yeah. It. Well, I, that's the thing. Like there's just today it got announced that there's been a ruling that films companies can now get sued if they have a misleading trailer Um, is that
1: why Halloween Ends was trending again on Twitter
0: probably yeah (laughs) Yeah, because it wasn't that film it was another film but that's another one Um, I think
1: I mean I kind of get with that like you don't want to give away your big VUG pull Um, but I mean hopefully by now you've had since halloween to watch it you'll kind of know that it isn't necessarily the film it's cracked up to be i wanted to like it so bad i like nearly teared up at one point seeing glory be like happy you know she's at the, the supermarket, supermarket. Yeah. yeah like me and my mum went to go to see it at the cinema together and like it's a very special like series for us because it's probably one of the first things i watched with her to yeah. like be introduced to horror and like this was penned as the big oh this is it it's gonna end yeah, it ended. How we got there was not great. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's, it's no... I, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is, is great.
0: Oh, she yeah. always is. There, follow, she was can, never can, bad. Yeah, I not follow her performance at all. I don't
1: think any of the performances were bad. It was no. just the story. It was it's, a bad story. Do you, know about,
0: do you know what the series really, really reminds me of? The Star Wars... Like sequel series. Like yeah. The Force Awakens got everyone excited again. Like there was enough nostalgia and callbacks there for people to enjoy it, but had something mm-hmm. new, introduced new people to it. Then you had the second film, which divided fans. Some fans loved it, others hated it. The same with mm-hmm. The Last Jedi uh, The Last Jedi. That really mm-hmm. did it. Then the Rise of Skywalker was like here's something completely different that one (laughs) is a bit nonsensical isn't what the fans think they're giving fan service when they're not actually yeah and then i i just i keep referring to it just really reminds me of the the, i'm just really glad at the end she wasn't like what's your name myers laurie myers like i was (laughs) expecting it to be honest um, it's yeah, yeah i it mean it was, just uh... i did but i said that there moments of love i think jamie lee curtis one of her finest performances ever got to do so much in this got mm. to play like uh a grandma got she got to play a grandma in, like the bits where they're baking yeah. at home and it's just i really liked that and but then you got to, like, the confrontation well, just, with,
1: yeah. It just didn't make sense, though, that, like, the first film opens up with her having 40 years worth of trauma and she can't get over it after 40 years. Sure. Then, literally, her daughter is killed. <coughs> and like, in, oh,
0: fine now. Uh, and then she's <laughs>
1: like, do you know what? We're going to have Halloween this year. She was like, the f***ing dead weight. I <laughs> needed to trim. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's kind of how I felt, yeah. Yeah. Like, as soon as Karen was out of the picture, she was thriving. Yeah. Just, 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 uh, Uh, a weird, a weird, weird one. But we've
0: got, you know, the pin has been stuck in it now, and hopefully thing but Hellraiser and Halloween do have like a big connection to them as well the success of Freddy versus Jason Freddy! there was always a lot of like is there gonna be a because they were pitching there was supposed to be a sequel to that where right? it's Freddy versus Jason versus Ash from the evil dead mm. I mean come on get real and that got turned to a comic instead. uh but they were gonna do Hellraiser versus Halloween um, mm-hmm. Doug Bradley announced that it was going to be written by Clive Barker, directed by John Carpenter. Which would have been fucking awesome. Holy f- that. <laughs> inject that into my f- but right i now. I But
1: I also don't really know how that would no, work. No, <laughs> I think
0: uh, somebody... I can't, Who was it? I was watching a great video on YouTube, and I wish I could remember what it was, but somebody was saying a really interesting way of going about that would have been if they'd have made it non-canonical and made mm. Michael the reason why he's so evil is he's the personification of this ancient ritual of Samhain and Halloween and stuff going yeah. up against these Cenobites. I would have preferred. It could work. I would have preferred Freddy versus Jason versus Pinhead. What kind of fa- just so the box came yeah. out and it was just like little Kelly Rowlands on a hook. You're not oh. even scary. You're not even scary. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine just like. <laughs> a box when you open it hooks come out of it and they all call you a fan.
1: <laughs> now i will say something that did not disappoint me this year was that um that film that she did with netflix yes uh, I, I absolutely loved it the curse of bridge hollow i dare i say i think i enjoyed it more than hocus pocus 2 the woman was too stunned to speak so <laughs> <laughs> it kind of just it, it just it yeah. had that charm to it and it just did everything did. i wanted it to do uh, as soon as they went into the old people's home and then i saw the big spider on the roof i was <laughs> like yeah this is the film for me I'm just
0: uh, just a shout out while i'm here to kelly roland uh i do it every episode but uh, we, do we had kelly. a month we had a month off so just to make up for that i just want kelly to know that she's loved and appreciated and i'd do anything in the world for her what kind of thing fa- and I wish you would open up a cameo. So I could. can you imagine? So i would be like, you we would s- spend so much be money. Like, you can you can say it. Don't worry. <laughs> I will double you. I will pay you double what you're asking for. Double your fee, and it won't go anywhere. It will be just for me. Like I wouldn't show it to anyone else in the world, unless actually when I die at my funeral. They'll, do you know when when teachers used to roll out the TV? <laughs> they'll do that. <laughs> And they'll play my cameo of <laughs> Kelly Rowan Columbia. F- <laughs> <laughs> oh, love that for you. Love so that. um I think we've come to a lovely end of discussing Hellraiser unless you've any
1: final thoughts. No, no. I think it's just a very interesting series. Um yeah. uh, I'm 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 quietly optimistic to see where it goes, is uh-huh. is what I'll
0: say. So, I'm going to kick us off with our recommendations by recommending that everybody, A, read the original novella, The Hellbound Hall, by Clive Barker. It is fantastic. But, if you want to watch really good con- content, continuation, Really good the- what? <coughs> <laughs> if you want to watch really good continuations of the first two films, I highly recommend checking out the Boom Studios Hellraiser comics, not the Marvel Studios ones. Uh, the Boom Studio ones. They were written by Clive Barker himself, well, co-written by Clive Barker, and it really gets into it. I don't want to, I don't want to give anything away, but your favourites come back. Kirsty <laughs> is the central character of it as well. You get all returning favourites. If you've read any other of Clive Barker's work, there are some characters who come into it, which is really cool. It gets a bit nonsensical in the first, like. Towards the end of the first like volume, there's a tw- I think it's twenty or twenty one issues of the first volume. Towards the end, it starts getting like what the f- is going on. I'm dead confused. But then subsequent entries get a lot better, and you get to see a lot more of like Clive Barker's imagination of hell in the Hellraiser series and. Kirsty's character goes on a huge journey you get to see a lot more of hell priest slash pinhead yeah really good you can also check out a really good documentary called the leviathan um, that's about the first two Hellraiser films uh, you get a lot of insight you get to see a lot of behind the scenes footage as well which is really cool and one of my favourite images in the whole world that exists on the internet is mm. Doug Bradley in half in pinhead makeup smoking a cigarette <laughs> It's incredible. Yes. yeah I've seen, I've seen that picture iconic so, love it what's your uh, recommendation to us this month
1: I want to recommend something which I think it's it's a film that's kind of stuck with me that I watched this year, which I oh, found quite harrowing. It's called Speak No Evil, and it's a Danish uh, like horror thriller. Okay. It's not a horror film in like terms of like how you'd expect. Like I said, I think it's just the fact that it does things that you don't expect to see in film oh, okay um, and it's more the uncomfortability of, of the situation essentially there's a, a Danish family become friends with a Dutch family while they're on holiday in Italy right um, and then they decide to like meet afterwards like a year after the holiday uh uh-huh. um, and they come together and then I don't really want to give give away too much but there's a lot of like misunderstandings and and Weird things happening, and then the ending is just something that will absolutely floor you.
0: Um,
1: and it, it, it kind of—the only thing I could describe it—it's it, akin to like how Eden Lake made me feel. Um, it's just that the one with like, Jack O'Connell, dog. yes.
0: Oh, yeah. okay.
1: Um, so, it, yeah, it just—it just makes you think, Jesus.
0: Oh, lovely! I'll check that out. <coughs> oh, sorry, I thought I muted myself then. <laughs>
1: enjoy listeners
0: yeah so as usual i have a fantastic hookup horror story for you this month
1: i honestly and can't wait it's been so long
0: i got this one sent to me by a good friend of mine but well, sent to me is i approached them and said i know you have some dirty stories give me one <laughs> and they were like i've got a really good one and i was like Okay, it's the start of the year, so I'll just I'll keep this.
1: So, oh god, so you've been you've been set on
0: this for the whole year. Yeah. <laughs> Amongst other things. Um so they do want to remain anonymous. Uh there okay. is a name mentioned in this, but they've changed the name to hide the
1: Okay. So <laughs> everything is yeah. If it's if this was a documentary, they'd be in shadow and their voice would be distorted. Yeah. That's what you're saying,
0: yeah. Okay. Um so <laughs> Get comfortable, dim the lights, and get ready for a hookup horror story. Christmas is the time where I become a real ho-ho-ho. And a few years back, I was feeling especially slutty, so I was treating Grindr like an advent calendar, opening my windows and getting the chocolate fingered out every single day. Oh my lord. <laughs> We're off to a great start. <laughs> it was, the, it was night the night of the office, office of the Christmas, Christmas party and I was, and was going in again on a few bottles of Prosexi Prosecco, of Prosecco before, before I even I got even to the party. party. As usual the, the party was, was just party. people it's I don't like, I like I talking got a horseshit shit about work, work so, so I got, I got on, on Grinder to plan my escape. escape. As soon as I open it, I notice a familiar face. The the cute uh, lad from HR who had lusted after since Starting was right there. So I polished off my glass and decided to shoot my shot. My flirting game was on top form and we agreed to meet up outside for a smoke. We did so, we had a laugh, we had a gossip about everybody we worked with, and then he tells me he wants me. I suggested we get an uber to my place because it's not far from town but he said he doesn't want to wait he can't wait pure excitement is dripping from every pore as quick as the pre-cum is dripping from my dick <laughs> he says there'll be no one in hr office so we rush there and we barely make it through the door before we're like ripping each other's clothes off we're getting very hot and heavy when he tells me he wants to tie me up The kinky shit goes to the Christmas tree in the office, grabs the tinsel off it, and proceeds to tie my hands behind my back, and then gets to work with my face planted on his desk. Wow. Things are getting intense and almost ready for the grand finale. My head is uncontrollably spinning around in pleasure when my eyes notice a dark shape under the desk in front of us. The shape is shuddering. And then, and then I notice I know coughing it's and sputtering. sputtering. I tell HR, HR boy to boy stop for a moment, a moment and, nod and nod in the direction, direction of the of sounds, sounds, and suddenly, suddenly he shouts, Mandy! Mandy! <laughs> he quickly big pulls big out and pulls his trousers, and pull his trousers up and runs over. over. It turns the out side, it's his colleague, and she's, she's been un- un- she's been ran, under ran under the desk, desk crying and throwing, throwing up. Without even hesitating, he runs out of the office, leaving Mandy under the desk chucking her guts up, And I'm there, there with with my trousers trousers around my ankles, ankles, bussy bussy in the air, air, and my arms (laughs) tied behind my back. (laughs) I try my best best to to set myself myself loose, loose, but but HR HR boy really knows how to tie a decent knot. knot. (laughs) So, So, I have to to ask ask Mandy if she she can come come over and untie me, but she's too wasted beyond belief. She's staring at me, tears streaming down her face. Makeup is ft and they're sick all over her boohoo dress. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing, Next I, know, thing I know, the doors of the office, office bust open and there and are all the girls, girls from HR. HR. There are a there few are loud, loud shrieks, shrieks of surprise so as they, they rush over to Mandy, to Mandy and enter full mum, mum mode, trying not to notice the not twink in the office with his dick in his cooch HR boy comes over all coy, blushing as he slurs an apology and unties me. I quickly dress and and run off, I exit the building and take the walk of shame home. Anyway, Anyway, after a very lovely Christmas, Christmas, I return to to the office in the new year and as soon as I enter the building, people are avoiding eye contact with me and whispering to one another. I get pulled into a meeting with my boss who tells me that someone has reported me for the incident at the work party. I will later go on to find out through the office gossip that it was one of Mandy's saviours who came in that night. Don't worry, I was sure to air her dirty laundry too. Luckily, I didn't get fired, but I do get a stern talking to. I immediately update my LinkedIn and I'm out of there before next Christmas. I wish I could say that I learned my lesson, but I ended up becoming the office vending machine at the new place too. But I am happy to report that I still haven't been caught during a cheeky office quickie to this day.
1: To this day! to this day <laughs> I love that there I am bussy in the air ketchup <laughs> on my titties barbecue, <laughs> barbecue sauce, sauce on oh, my, oh, my titties
0: <laughs> oh poor Mandy she's just trying to like throw off and have a cry and
1: peace she's just like guys do you mind <laughs> oh,
0: boy. oh that room must have stunk <laughs> Wow. See, when I first read it and heard about the tinsel, I was like, is this going to be another A&E incident? Yes, I thought that. I thought this is going to be a
1: tinsel reaction. No.
0: No, but, oh, God. Wow. Could you imagine, though, you're, like, just left there, tied up, naked, while someone's throwing up and crying in front of you, and then all, like, the, like, full-time mummy has come in.
1: (laughs) God, you'd be horrified, wouldn't you? I'd be
0: f***ing mortified. (laughs) I'd be absolutely mortified. Oh so, yeah. dear lord! Thank you so much for sending that in. You know who you are. Yes, I'm gonna, thank you. I'm going to send you a text in a few moments to let you know that I've just read that out. Finally, yeah, I'd love to clip all the hookup horror things together and just create we a should. lovely, we should do a, a massive compilation.
1: Yeah, that's a that's an idea. That's absolutely an idea. Um, but yes, thank
0: you, thank you for that,
1: and thank <laughs> you for, for listening to, to this episode. Yeah, thank it's, you so it's much. been
0: good. So yes, thank you for coming back to us after the break that we've had. We will keep you updated on what comes next. We'll get back to it. Absolutely, we, we will.
1: Um I'm I'm excited for the new year. I'm uh, excited for us to do a few more like different
0: things yeah, with the same. with the podcast, so it should be Yeah. Should be fun. So yeah, until next time. Remember that closets were not made for people, they were made for monsters and babysitter killers. Blah, 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 blah. Goodbye. (laughs) Oh God, I'm so slow. Nailed it. You've been listening to a podcast on the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. To show your support, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And you can find us on social media in the links in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening.